What's good, everybody? Welcome to your Friday. Welcome to Stats and Mags. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. She is Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hi. We had football last night. Yeah, we did. With my favorite team. And Najee Harris, we got to see him on the field and touch a ball. So my night was fantastic. Did you watch the game? I did not watch the game. I followed it on Twitter. Uh, but I could already tell you're in a good mood. The Steelers are already 1-0, undefeated and untied. And you're just you're extra special bubbly today because your boys got the win. Now, it was ugly. Don't get me wrong. Like, it was a disgusting game, which I guess that's what you expect out of the Hall of Fame game. Like 3-0 to zero entering halftime. Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph both looked absolutely terrible. <laughs> but, you know... Big Ben just has to stay healthy and it's going to be fine. I What I wanted to say about this game is we keep getting so excited about practices, right? And mm-hmm. we think, you know, all of these players feel like they're just doing so well and everything's going so smooth. And it's like, oh, Brandon, you can't be stopped. Like just things like this. And then you get into the game. It's like, oh, just things don't go as smooth as you think they're going to go. And it feels like that for every team. So now I'm now I'm starting to get worried for the season again, where it's like all of these players in practice look so good. But, you know, once the game starts, like, oh, why can't you put it all together like you could in practice? Are you trying to slow down the Trey Lance hype train? How dare you? I am not. Not at all. And he is. I mean, he might be one of the most impressive rookies out there right now in camp. It's like every single day there are glowing reviews about Trey Lance, which is an awesome thing to see. But I am a little bit worried. Like, do you think they'll play him the majority like of the first half in the first preseason game? I I have no idea. That's why I'm like, I cannot wait for it to get here. August 14th, Niners Chiefs. Because, yeah, I think Jimmy's going to get like a series, maybe, if he gets anything. And then I want, I'm interested because I feel like if they give him a lot of run, they're basically saying, show us, like, show us what you can do. Here's your opportunity to win the job. Yeah. Cause right now, like, the thing is, Trey Lance looks great in practice right now, but he is playing against a second string defense with George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk, like, getting some you know, reps with him as well. So he's throwing to his top tier talent, but against the second string defense. So yeah, he's going to look good, but it is nice the way he's doing it, right? It's not the dink and dunk passes where that's why he's getting completions. It's like he is connecting deep and he's doing it often with these playmakers. And that's a hard thing to do no matter who you're going up against. But having that accuracy and having that connection is a great thing to see out of Trey Lance. I hope they, you know, give him all the chance in the world in preseason, the first game. Obviously, if he comes out in the first couple drives and kill it, kills it, you know, scores on both both drives and get him out, make sure he stays healthy. But I hope they give him a ton of run against the Chiefs next week. I cannot wait for that game. It's like the most excited I've been for a preseason game in years. And it's the only Niners preseason game that's not being broadcast on NFL Network. So I need to figure out like my scheme for watching this game because there's no way I can just like follow it on Twitter. That is just not going to cut it. Uh, we're going to get into a little bit more on Trey Lance. We're going to get into something Trent Williams said that I think might have been a little bit of a mistake. But two things we have to do right away, Michelle. The first is... We always ask you to follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We love your ratings. We love your reviews. And last week, you told us that you write a column called Gold Diggers. And it's all about advice for fantasy football and digging for gold. And I said to you, 
how did you not suggest that for the name of this show? Because it is absolutely fantastic. Well, we got a, a message from Bob Ogelli who said the show needs to be called Gold Diggers with stats and mags moving forward. It even hits a Steelers note with the black and gold. And then in parentheses, he adds, and yes, I pulled over to tweet this out. <laughs> I I cannot believe we missed that. Gold Diggers. That's so good. It's so much better than what we have right now. Like, let's, I say we rebrand and we change the name. <laughs> rebrand. We haven't even gotten to the season yet and we are rebranding. <laughs> I, You know what? Sometimes you make mistakes and we made the mistake of not figuring out this perfect title before. But we, we learn from it, and I, I think we should make the change. Hmm. All right. If you think that we need to change the show name, hit us up on iTunes or on Twitter. I am at Stats on Fire. Michelle is at Ball Blastem. Let us know if you think we should change the name of the show. I'm open to it. I'm nothing if not flexible. Um, and the second thing I wanted to get to is my apology to you because last week you asked me who's going to play, who's going to start at safety opposite Jimmy Ward. And I was kind of surprised because I was like, it's Jaquiski Tart. Like he's always been the starter. Why wouldn't he be the starter? Well, lo and behold, this week, defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans comes out and starts praising Tavon Wilson, talking about how great he's been. And he is specifically asked when Jaquiski Tart comes back as their competition. And his response was, Well, we'll see what happens. Which there are certain questions, you know, Michelle, when you ask somebody, the last thing you want to hear is, We'll see what happens. Yeah, and maybe at this point they're just sick of all the injuries because so many players have been missing practice with the 49ers. I know they're not the only team dealing with injuries right now, but it feels like their whole secondary keeps missing time. So the the players that are out there putting in their work, they should get the chance to win the job. Now, I don't know if it's a good thing, right, if Tart loses his job and you're rolling out Wilson, who's never really been much in the NFL, uh, like I, I think overall the secondary is going to struggle, but at least have the competition there. So you're not just giving away a job to a guy that a can't get on the field this off season. And, you know, isn't one of the elite players anyways in the NFL, like put some competition out there. That's what th these practices are for. You're smart. I'm dumb. You're attractive. I'm not good looking, whatever you want to say, <laughs> you are dead on accurate. And I apologize to you because I, I was stunned when he said that to me, it wasn't even a question. And like, if I'm Jaquiski Tart, I'm like, holy crap, I got to find a way to get out there. I mean, you talked about the injuries. He's been in the league for six years. Three of those seasons have ended with him on injured reserve. So he has definitely had his share of injuries, but that was one thing from this week that blew me away. And I immediately thought of you because you asked me last week. I don't know if you have like future powers or you could see into the future or what, but you nailed it. Well, I, I you know, I, I have the athletic and I read all about, you know, the practice reports. And I heard Wilson was having good practices, which that's fine. He could be having good practices. I want to see it actually in games. But that's what worries me if he does win the starting job and he had some good practices. But then you throw him in the game and he's like, oh, it's kind of sketchy. We'll see how it works out. Um, but there's so many things we're going to be looking for immediately in preseason. And I hope we get some answers uh, in week one. We're not going to get too many, but let's just see how these guys perform. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes won't be out there, but it's still <laughs> the Chiefs offense and it's still against an Andy Reid offense. So we'll see how the defense can uh, perform against them. 
I love to say Nick Bosa out there, but something tells me there's no chance that's going to happen. He seems to be getting a lot of quote unquote maintenance days so far in camp. And you know me, I get nervous about stuff, Michelle. I'm, I've already got the radar up like maybe his knee is not back quite where it needs to be. Yeah. And you don't want him out there yet. Like I would never want TJ Watt. Uh, out there playing for the Steelers and my boy Najee Harris I finally got to see him play last night but I was like get him out of the game after like <laughs> one carry I'm like I don't need to see anymore uh, one carry he did a good job get him out uh you know just have playing these starters in these pointless games are so scary especially you're a 49ers fan you have to understand how easy it is to lose a guy in a blink of an eye uh ugh, I love preseason but I hate it all at the same time Right. It's uh, your whole season hinges on injuries. So you want to see like exactly like you said, just give me one awesome play and then that's it. They could go off the field, put them in bubble wrap and uh, protect these guys sometimes from themselves. Um, Okay, the Trey Lance stuff we sort of got into a little bit. He's obviously been getting all the praise. Everybody seems to think that he's incredible. Matt Mayoko, who's like royalty in the Bay Area, said he's the best rookie quarterback he's ever seen. He's been covering the 49ers for 26 years, so that carries a little bit of weight. What is it like? I know, obviously, I'm living it. I am in this hurricane. What's it like for you being outside the 49ers bubble? As a Steeler fan, you have, like, more of an objective point of view. Are you buying this, or are you kind of just like, okay, that sounds great, but let me see it when it counts? I am buying it because, I mean, you can't hear fantastic news and fantastic reports coming out every day and not – and not buy it. And it's not that I think it's just the way he's doing it. It's two incompletions and two practices like that's insane. But he's also <laughs> not he's not scared to throw the ball deep. And I I think that's extra important when we're talking about the 49ers, because that's been their issue. That's been their struggles. And Jimmy Garoppolo in practice, it's not like they're both throwing the ball deep. Uh, they're both doing well. It's Jimmy Garoppolo in practice is throwing short still. He's playing more timid. He's not even comp- – he was 6 for 11 the other day in practice, and they said that he's he's doing that while throwing short passes. And then you have Trey Lance completing everything as a rookie, and he's not scared to go deep. He's not scared to get that incompletion if it happens or throw that interception. Like, this is practice. This is the time to – Build your connections with your players. Uh, make sure that when you're in the game, you you have that connection so you can hit them deep when it matters, when you need to score quickly. And I think that's exactly what Trey Lance is proving. And I don't know how much longer Kyle Shanahan can sit there and pretend like <laughs> Trey Lance isn't competing for this quarterback one spot. Like, we all know Kyle Shanahan can say whatever he wants. Like, oh, this isn't a competition. It's Jimmy Garoppolo's job. It is. And you know, every single day that Trey Lance comes out there and kills it, it's, it's going to be harder and harder not to go trade Jimmy Garoppolo to a team that could use him. Leo Luna said on the Oh Hey There podcast on Tuesday that it's a silent quarterback competition. Basically, his theory is like if Kyle says it's an open competition and somehow Lance doesn't win it after you gave up three first round picks plus to go get him, it looks really, really bad, right? So if you yeah. don't say it's an open quarterback competition and for whatever reason – you want to give Jimmy Garoppolo the week one job, that's fine. You don't, you know, it's fine. It doesn't look bad at all. So that that was Leo's theory that it actually is an open competition. Just Kyle is not calling it that, which kind of made sense to me. That's kind of a smart move by Kyle Shanahan. 
It is because now if Trey Lance wins the job, it's like, wow, he did so well that he changed Kyle Shanahan's mind instead right. of the other way. Yeah, it is kind of brilliant. I still don't believe if both are on the roster um, by week one, obviously Trey Lance will be. But if Jimmy Garoppolo is still there, I still think they're going to start Jimmy Garoppolo in week one. I don't know how long it lasts, but I can't. It, Kyle Shanahan just seems stubborn right now. And I don't know if they're going to throw Trey Lance out there week one. We saw it with Justin Herbert last year. There's no way he was not outperforming Tyrod Taylor in practice. And he still got the week one start and he was still going to start week two if it wasn't for that crazy, you know, issue with the shot puncturing his lung. It's just, you know, coaches are stubborn. Well, that was also Anthony Lynn and who yeah. promptly got fired at the end of the year, <laughs> who was also running the ball with the team on like the five yard line and no timeouts and 10 seconds left. And he was running the ball last year. So that tells you kind of Anthony Lynn was so bad. Yeah, not really the greatest there. Um, I'm totally buying into all the Lance stuff. And I just got curious the other day, because like you said, there have been a couple of days of really good reports on Lance and a lot of glowing praise highlights of his throws around social media. So I was like, let me go to DraftKings and see what the rookie of the year odds are on Lance, because he's getting a lot of pub. Well, he's plus 800 right now, Michelle, which I got to tell you, I'm look that's looking mighty attractive to me because I just feel like the only thing that's going to stop him from putting up big numbers is not being the starter. If he's the starter, I feel like he's going to put up big numbers, even if the 49ers aren't winning games, kind of like Justin Herbert last year. He didn't win a ton of games, but he was crushing it out there. That plus 800 is looking pretty good to me. Oh, it looks fantastic. And you said that Trevor Lawrence was at like plus 300, right? Yes. There is no world where I'm taking Trevor Lawrence over Trey Lance in this situation if I'm going to put down a bet because you have to look at the two teams as well. It's the playmakers for Trey Lance. Like he gets the pass to Ayuk and to Kittle and to Debo Samuel, and he just has a, a great coach around him and a, just a whole great team around him, which is going to help him look better. When you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, I mean, yeah, he has DJ Chark and Marvin Jones and LaVisca Chenault. But brand new head coach, uh, not a very good offensive line. Like there's a lot of other things that have to go right for him. A terrible defense. So even if Trevor Lawrence is good, they could win like three games again. They're probably not going to give the offensive rookie of the year to a quarterback that wins three games, right? Justin Herbert still put up seven wins or six, I guess, because the first one was Tyra Taylor. But you got to win some games. You got to look really good. And I think Trey Lance overall will look better, even if he's performing the same as Trevor Lawrence. They're going to give it to Trey Lance because if he performs equally to Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be shocked by that. And that's going to make everyone be like, wow, Trey Lance is so good when we all expect that out of Trevor Lawrence already. You're so right about the expectations. If you promise a five and deliver a seven, you're a hero. But if you promise a nine and deliver that same exact seven, you're a bum. And so Trevor Lawrence just has to deal with that. Before we got started, you mentioned a perfect example, Andrew Luck and RG3. I mean, Andrew yeah. Luck came in as the best quarterback prospect since John Elway. And RG3 comes out with Washington and has a good year. By the way, who was his uh, offensive coordinator in Washington <laughs> that year? I can't remember. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kyle Shanahan. Some bum, Yeah. <laughs> And he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. And that exact same thing could happen all over again. Um, by the way, I, you know, just looking at these Rookie of the Year odds, I got to hear a lot of things from you about different guys before the draft. And I'm seeing 
your boy, Elijah Moore, is plus 2,500. And I think of all the rookies that I sort of have been keeping track of before this year, he's getting the most good pub out of any. I haven't seen a single bad thing written about Elijah Moore. Oh, it's every single day. And it feels like the reporters are getting annoyed with themselves. Uh, I even saw Connor Hughes for the Jets. The Jets reporter was like, I'm trying not to report about Elijah Moore. Like I go into the day and say, I'm not going to talk about him today. I'm not going to talk about him today. And it's impossible because he keeps doing amazing things in practice. He already has taken over the first team snaps on the outside. So not even just the, you know, they're putting him into the slot because he's going to be a killer in the slot, but also he can play on the outside, which is what I've been saying this off season when before the draft, <laughs> because people are like, well, why would we take a slot receiver in the round one? It's like, he's not just a slot receiver. He's going to be fantastic everywhere you put him, but he's already taken, taken over the first team snaps over Keelan Cole in his first week of practice. There's no keeping him off the field. I wouldn't take the odds on him. Um, for a rookie of the year, it, they're fantastic, right? Like 2,400, but 2,500. Yeah. It, it's going to be so hard for a wide receiver to beat out a quarterback. We just saw Justin Jefferson put up 1,400 yards and not win it because Justin Herbert uh, had a, a great quarterback rookie season. But you have five opportunities here for a rookie quarterback to kill it. And I just don't think a wide receiver is going to overcome that. Now, if you love Elijah more like me, I would consider putting down money on Zach Wilson plus 1000 because if Elijah Moore has a, you know, a killer rookie season, that probably means Zach Wilson had a pretty good rookie quarterback season as well. And they're going to give it to the quarterback. That was exactly what I was going to say. It's impossible for Elijah Moore to, to put up enough yards and touchdowns without Zach Wilson doing the exact same thing. And they're always going to favor the quarterback. Your uh, Najee Harris, by the way, your your crush is plus eight hundred. Also, that's not good enough odds for me for a running back to win it. It's all yeah. about the position. Now, last night we saw just in the first two drives he was in, they were feeding him. I mean, and I don't know if that's how it's going to work out in the season, but I do believe he's going to see close to three hundred touches in his rookie season. And if he scores a bunch of touchdowns, like if they get near the goal line and they're feeding him. Those touchdowns, it could happen. But again, there's just too many opportunities here. For If it was a normal quarterback class, I'd be all down on putting some money down on Najee Harris. But with Lawrence and Lance and Fields and, you know, um, Wilson, who I think is a really sneaky play there. And then even Mac Jones, I, I don't see him winning whatsoever. But it's still a fifth opportunity there. And if Mac Jones surprises anyone, he's going to get it over a running back. Mac Jones is plus a thousand also. I feel like you should get better odds than that. Yeah, like him having the same odds as Zach Wilson is crazy to me. Zach Wilson is the yeah. unquestioned starter already, and we don't even know if Mac Jones is ever going to see the field this year. Bill Belichick has already said that Cam Newton is the uh, is the starter. By the way, in case you're wondering, Trey Sermon is on this list. He is plus 3,500. I think he's going to be really good. Everything I've seen about him is really good, although it's hard to tell when they don't really have, they've only had the pads on for a few days. But, He's got no shot to win. So even though it's plus 3500 You're just throwing away like, your money. You're throwing away your money if you do that. They are putting those odds there to try to get people to throw away their money. Like, there are some guys that have no chance. No chance at all. And that's it's Trey Sermon. I love him. I love him. He has no chance to win. Uh, oh, and God. I, if I had to choose between putting down money on Trey Lance or Zach Wilson, oh, it's so close. It, it would be really close. Obviously, you're going to choose Trey Lance because that's your boy. Uh, I think Trey Lance will probably have the better overall st 
statistical season, but Zach Wilson has no competition, like just week one starter. You don't have to worry about a Jimmy Garoppolo there. And he's in the New York media. You know, that's a little bit, he's going to get so much hype if he's doing well. I love those plus 1000 odds in Zach Wilson. And I'm calling it that he's going to be the Justin Herbert of this year where no one believes in him, but he has such a good arm and he has sneaky rushing ability. Like I think he, he's going to rush for close to 300 yards this year, uh, get into the end zone sometimes like that exact Justin Herbert sneaky rushing ability with a big arm. Watch out for Zach Wilson. Let me just say, and to argue for Trey Lance, that according to Warren Sharp, no team faces an easier drop in schedule difficulty defensively than the 49ers. They go from the third toughest schedule last year to the 19th toughest this year. And the past defense schedule specifically was the fifth toughest last year. This year, it's slated to be the 26th toughest. So it's a perfect opportunity for Trey Lance to maybe beat up against some of the bad defenses in the NFL. If, in fact, he does get that chance, we obviously don't know. But if he gets in there, I think it's it's going to go quickly. It's going to build quickly for him. Well, and his stats would be amazing because, A, he's going to be throwing deeper than Jimmy Garoppolo, but he has weapons that are going to get him so many yards after the catch. So it's going to even build up his stats even more. And if he can get them uh, these, you know, if he can accurately get them the ball in space, oh, man, like Brandon Ayuk, I think really be a superstar in this league within the next couple of years. And we already, George Kittle just has to stay healthy. Are you worried at all that Debo Samuel is already banged up again and missing practice? Yes. Kyle Shanahan said this week, Debo came into OTAs and he wasn't quite in shape. So that was red flag for me. Number one, then Kyle says, you know what? He's coming to training camp and he looks like he's in the best shape I've ever seen him. The next day, Debo missed practice with the groin groin tightness, groin injury, whatever you want to call it. Like the next day. Now he was back the day after that, which is good, but it just always seems to be something with him. He's always nicked up, banged up. Is he going to play? I mean, he only played more than 50% of the snaps in like four games last year. I don't even know if it was that many. So like even the games he played in, he wasn't out there all the time. And it's just, it's frustrating because he makes such a difference when he's actually on the damn field. He plays so tough. Right. So that I guess that's why he'd be banged up. But you wouldn't think he would, you know, be getting tackled that much in practice or, you know, you think they'd be putting him into situations where he's not putting his body into danger. But yeah, now he's already dealing with a groin injury. Those can linger like just like the hamstrings, the groin can linger. There's something about Devo's body just doesn't seem to be able to hold up. I am a little bit worried about him. Now they're going to be fine if, you know, he misses a couple games. They have other playmakers, but again, fantasy, I don't want to touch Debo Samuel. I really don't. So there's another reason that I think Trey Lance needs to start, and it has something to do with what you just said about Debo Samuel. So I want to get to that when we come back. And also, Trent Williams gave an interview with KMBR that I think he said something that he may wish he could take back. Back here on Stats and Mags. Okay, Michelle, you mentioned Debo Samuel and how his physical play style can lead to more injuries and seemingly has so far in his career. One of these sort of sneaky benefits I see to putting Lance on the field is because of those big plays you talked about, how he always targets the second level and he's throwing the ball deep down the field. 
the 49ers offense will not have to have those 10, 11, 12 play drives to get down the field every single time. So that potentially takes some of those hits away from Debo Samuel because he's not going to be on the field as much, which just speaks like another reason that I think Trey should get the job. If they don't have to have those long sustained drives and they can have like, you know, maybe a five play drive where Trey hits a bomb or scrambles, that's less wear and tear on Debo. That's going to keep him out there more. It's going to make the offense better. A hundred percent. That's that should be thought of right away. You don't even want to go into week one, like having to deal with all of those snaps and putting your guys into those type of situations. And you wonder if these playmakers are starting to see like how much easier it is when they have a quarterback willing to throw deep, willing to get those big plays those big chunk plays so they're not out there as long they don't get as tired in games either it's not even just about uh you know being healthy it's like okay I don't have to wear myself out so soon in the game I'll still have some energy when we get into the fourth quarter like that's huge as well and you wonder if there's going to be this shift in these uh the offensive minds like ooh, I kind of want Trey Lance and I I wonder if that's gonna hurt the locker room at all We could be like, there's two roads that this season could go down. And like, it's so clear to see each one. One is with Jimmy Garoppolo and it's like a struggle. And one is with Trey Lance and it could be fantastic. But I want to see him out there week one against the Lions. By the way, I, I thought of you. Did you see Dan Campbell and his morning daily Starbucks order? Yeah, he gets like two 20-ounce or 40-ounce coffees with two shots of espresso, right, in each one? Normally what I do is I get, I'll get two venti. I go, you know, Starbucks, I get two venti of the pipe with two shots in them. So black eye in both. That's what I come in with. That's how I start the day, so. I'm legitimately worried Dan Campbell may be dead by the time the season starts. You can't (laughs) drink that. Yeah, that's too much. I drink a ton of coffee, but I it was two forty ounces, wasn't it? I think it was something absolutely insane because it was two twenty. I'd be like, all right, that's that's a lot. Um, I'm not even worried about the espresso shots. Like, yeah, give those to me. I'm totally down. But that's uh, that's probably too much coffee. He needs to put some more water in his life. <laughs> it's two venti sized Pike Place roasts and two shots of espresso in each of them. Yeah, that's a lot, and that's a lot of money. I mean, I guess he's a he's an NFL head coach, so he's not hurting for it. But that's a lot of money. So up to 400 milligrams of coffee of caffeine a day is safe for most healthy adults, according to the Mayo Clinic. That's roughly the amount of caffeine in four cups of brewed coffee. So he's like way, way over that. I I thought of you immediately because I know of your your love for coffee, but I thought even you would draw the line there. Yeah, that's that's too much. I'm happy to know that four cups of coffee is okay for humans because I definitely I feel like that's like what I have. So. Yeah, because I, I get nervous when I have two because I'm like, oh, man, you're really you're really walking that tightrope. I thought two was like kind of over the line before. I, I didn't know that. Hell, I got to get drinking. Yeah, I at least have three. And then you start to get the shakes and I'm like, <laughs> I need some water. <laughs> I need some water in me. Well, do you go three right in the morning or do you space it out? No, like three right in the morning. You know, I at least wow. have to do the two. If I if I only get one, that's just not enough. You got to And then it gets cold, you know, so you got to I don't know, at least three in the morning. I, I don't like to talk in the morning before I have coffee in me. I really, really don't I'm like, please don't. I tell my wife, like, don't even like look my way. I need my coffee. <laughs> this is the weird thing. You drink iced coffee as well, right? Yeah, sometimes when right. we go to Starbucks. Yeah. 
I used to work with Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, and he always used to say this about coffee, and he was 100% right. There is a temperature with coffee where once it falls to that temperature, it's absolutely undrinkable unless you get an iced coffee, and then it's way colder, and then it's fine. But there, like once it loses that like initial heat, you can't drink it anymore. You got to refresh it. Yeah, it's really, really weird. And then you also like you need the straw and you need the ice in there because like you can't just come to like a hot cup of coffee that got cold. Even if it got like really cold, it would be ew, it's gross, you know, when it. Yeah, it is kind of odd. I do. I'll say I like creamer in my iced coffee, but I would never put creamer in my hot coffee. Drink black coffee hot. Oh, yeah. But Why? with I, with iced coffee, I do normally put some creamer in it. Why do you, why the difference? You know, my first job, I hated so much. It was, I was selling marketing materials. I was absolutely terrible at it. I got fired. Uh, but <laughs> I, I was so bored. I probably should have been working harder that I uh, acted like I was on fear factor and I never drank <laughs> coffee at the time. But I was like, I'm going to just start drinking black coffee because I'm so bored and this it's so disgusting. So I was acting like I was on fear factor and that was keeping me entertained. And then I ended up loving it. You know, I, it, it took me like a month, but then my body got used to it. And I was like, Ooh, I need this now in my life. It is amazing that you got fired from that job. <laughs> I was, I did not sell a single thing. Oh, they caught me around for like nine months. It was so bad. One of the worst jobs I ever had was in college. I went to Quinnipiac university. Have you ever heard of the Quinnipiac poll? Sometimes they talk about it in like news broadcasts. Um, no, you're shaking your head now. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, but that was like one of the highest paying jobs you could have on campus was working at this poll, but it was horrible because you just had to literally cold call people. And there was a whole script you had to read and ask them if they want to like answer your questions. I got more people telling me to go die in that job than I could ever remember. <laughs> but I would get so bored because 99% of the time they either hang up or they just say no. And so you're really bored. It's the same script over and over again. So I used to just decide to read the script in accents and just to do like different voices, except I can't do any accents. So it was just me being horrible at accents and the people that were sitting on either side of me would just turn and look. It's like, who is this person that is now randomly trying to use an Australian accent on the phone? And they would just stare at me, but like I was so <laughs> bored. I didn't know what else to do. I do not miss those jobs. I do not miss those boredom jobs. I'm very happy now that I'm working in the football world. Yes. Uh, it's it's much better. Now that was like right out of school. That was rough. They also let me work from home sometimes. Like they that was a stupid <laughs> company. They they did stupid things. <laughs> Are they still in business? I I don't know. I was working with all like 60-year-old men who've been doing it forever. So I hmm. I don't know why they hired me to begin with. I don't really know where to go from there. So I'm gonna bring it back <laughs> to football. Uh Trent Williams was on KMBR and was talking about the team and he talked about the quarterbacks, but the more interesting thing I thought he said was, I've been playing this game for a long time. I've been in many, many locker rooms. You know what a good team looks like. He said, I feel like we've got one of the best defenses in the league. You follow that up with one of the best offenses in the league, one of the best run games, one of the best tight ends. You name it, every position, there's literally no weaknesses. Now, obviously, that's great that he feels that way, I don't know that I like him publicly throwing it out there, Michelle, especially when this team is coming off yet another double-digit loss season. Yeah, and he left out a pretty prime uh, issue there with the secondary. Like, there there are some <laughs> holes on the team. And now, 
I, I do actually think this is one of the better rosters in the NFL. Like he, he's telling no lies there, but he is telling lies. We're saying like they have no holes and they're going to be, you know, they, they have great players everywhere. It's like, well, let's, there are some sketchiness along the roster that you're going to have to come together and make sure, you know, the, the front seven make up for the secondary, you know, that's all. Like there are definitely ways to overcome it, but it's not going to be just like, an easy ride this year. I will say, let's get on the field, right? Cause I, I already brought <laughs> up practice. It feels like everything's running smoothly, go out there on the field. And it's like, Oh my goodness, what happened to you guys? Like last night, the Steelers were getting killed by Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> like it was like the defense couldn't stop anything. A lot of the starters were not playing. And then the, uh, the offense looked terrible. Dwayne Haskins was getting glowing reviews in training camp. Yes, like, he oh, was. He's, he's changed into a different man. And I love how <laughs> uh, he came out and was like, I love the two minute drill. Like I just shine in that area. He had three minutes before halftime uh, yesterday. So I was like, let's see what happens. He was terrible, like terrible. He was terrible the whole game. So it's like, let's get you into a game situation. Uh, you can have all the glowing reviews and practices you want. I need to see it happen in, uh, on a field against a different team that's not yours. Yeah, when your secondary is so thin that you're signing BW Webb in training camp because you literally need another person, like, I, I don't know that I would say the no weaknesses thing. You're right about that. Every team has holes. Every team has weaknesses. Like, that's just part of the NFL in a salary cap league. But I agree. I, I cannot wait until that game i we have to wait like a whole other week i'm dying i'm scratching off the hours waiting for them to get on the field against the chiefs because honestly i feel like if lance goes out there and lights it up like he's winning the job he's gonna win the job i want to see all the stuff like you said it's a test right all the puff pieces that come out in training camp let's see what's real and what's not and uh every team does that trent taylor got the puff piece for years with the 49ers like you said Dwayne haskins is getting it with the steelers I would like to see your boy Elijah Moore out there. Let's see if he's as good as you uh, have been propping up. But that is the test. It's it's so funny, right? Like we count down the days to training camp. We're like, please just get me to training camp. And then as soon as training camp starts, we're like, oh my God, please get me to the preseason. <laughs> and then as soon as preseason starts, just get me to the season, right? It's It's never good enough until we get there. And we truly don't know anything until we get into the real, uh, you know, the thick of it uh, in the season. I will say... What we should pay, be paying attention to so much is the Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater competition, because uh, right now they kind of both suck and neither one can win the job, but not in a good way. It's not like they're both doing so good and you don't know who's <laughs> going to win. It's like they keep having like a, a decent practice and then a bad practice, a decent one. Sometimes you throw in some good plays, but neither one can get ahead. And I think it's because neither one are very good. And the Broncos have a really, really good roster. All around, like they have a winning roster, definitely a playoff roster besides the quarterback position. Keep an eye on them because they might get desperate where they're like, you know what, 49ers, yeah, we, let's figure out this trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. Like this just in, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke are not very good. Like we yeah. all knew this. These teams sometimes go with these players. Like unless their plan was like, hey, we really thought we were getting Aaron Rodgers, then I don't blame them. But like, how are you going? If you're a Broncos fan, you're going into the season with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, really? And trust me, I can talk because I'm a 49ers fan. And we went into a season with J.T. O'Sullivan as the starting quarterback. So I know of what I speak. Uh, but you pointed it out. Like, if you can't succeed in Denver as a quarterback, they have great weapons on offense in Denver. And you can't light it up with them? 
Like you got real problems. Yeah. And they're just going to waste a whole year with those young playmakers with a good defense. And then they might get their coach fired. You know, like if you, if you can't win, Vic Fangio sooner or later is going to be fired, but I think he's a good coach. So they, I, I can't imagine. Would you, as a 49ers fan, like, what do you want for compensation for Jimmy Garoppolo? Obviously, you want a first. You want whatever the most you can get. But would you be happy with getting back just a second rounder for him? I'd be thrilled. Look, the 49ers have no first round pick in the next two years. So if they can get a pick as high as a two for Jimmy Garoppolo, I would absolutely do it for sure. Uh, I I don't know if they'll get that. That'll be interesting. I think the only way they get that is if they pay some of his salary. Because don't forget, he's making $24 million. Um, and that's teams are going to say, look, we're going to, we're, what we're giving you is we're taking this salary off your books. So that's why we're not going to give you a high draft pick. So I, even if the 49ers said, look, we'll pay half, I'd be fine with that. They've got the cap space, they've got the space to fit in his entire salary. So even if you pay half, you're still saving, you know, about $12 million. To Sam get Bradford. That- Sam Bradford in, in preseason was traded to the Vikings and the Vikings gave up a first round pick and a third round pick for Sam Bradford, who I'm sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo has shown a lot more in his career than Sam Bradford ever did. And they did. So um, they did pay half of his salary. So the Vikings didn't have to come up with his whole salary. So that could be the same type of situation. But I feel like if a team can get a first and a third for Sam Bradford, like, Maybe we're selling Jimmy Garoppolo here short for a second. And then also, like, think Mohamed Sanu got traded for a second just two years ago. Teams are willing to give away these picks in the preseason when they start to, like, freak out that, oh, goodness, like, we have this great roster, but we're missing a piece. Uh, So, you know, and we, we could still have some injuries here. You might be able to get a first out of him. Remember who got hurt to open the door for that Sam Bradford trade? Teddy Bridgewater. That was oh, the year yeah, that, that was his it. knee yeah, just that... dislocated, and people were throwing up on the field when they saw it. Uh, look, I, please, if they could get it first, I would run to the league office to make that trade official because that would just be incredible. Uh, but I do think there's a part of Kyle Shanahan that feels warm and fuzzy about having two good quarterbacks on his roster. Like, he's so worried about injuries like that if one of them goes down, he at least feels like he has the other one. So we'll see. There's, there's a lot to be decided, I think. The, the 49ers world will be a lot different one way or the other once they play the Chiefs because if Lance lights it up, that the pressure to play him and you know the possibility of moving Jimmy opens up. If Lance struggles on the field, then all the hype for him probably dies down and, and Jimmy can secure that spot. So like things are going to be a lot different on August 15th uh, once that game gets played. It's crazy. We'll have another episode before they even play. Why is it so far away? I don't know. And I hate like just being like, well, fast forward my life. But like, I kind of want it. It's a weird, (laughs) weird situation. That's going to do it for this edition of Stats and Mags. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Oh, before we go, congratulations, Michelle. Wedding anniversary was this week. Three years. That is outstanding. Did you do anything special? Uh, Thank you. And uh, so we did. We got a tattoo with uh together the same one it's kind of corny so don't make fun of us but we got purpose we wrote purpose for each other so i have like she has my handwriting on her ankle and then i have her handwriting on mine but so kind of a corny little thing but then we did also just go and watch the hall of fame game 
last night at a restaurant. So we were degenerates, you know, we <laughs> will watch football no matter what. That's a lot of pressure when you're writing that out because you know, like, did you go through more than one draft or did you just take a piece of paper, write the word purpose and say, that's it? Oh, no, we wrote it a ton. And then we had the other person just pick their favorite one, like from what uh, we wrote. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. All right. Well, congratulations. Three years. Did you do the, you didn't do the traditional, I think leather is the traditional year three wedding gift. Yeah, no, we didn't do that. Kate was like, well, skin is technically leather. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? What are you talking about? What? <laughs> she like really stretched that out. She's the one that wanted the tattoo really bad. Uh, so she, she really tried to stretch that one out, but I didn't, I don't care about those type of things. Well, Congrats to you. That is awesome. Um, I'm going on year. This will be year 13 for me in September next wow. month. Oh, my God. <sighs> I'm getting old. Anyway, enjoy your week, everybody. We're getting closer to the season. Stick with Niners Nation. By the way, if you want to know everything that's going on in practice, Kyle Posey did a training camp report on the Niners Nation YouTube channel. Basically, everything he's seen from the seven-day install, along with Jordan Elliott from Niners Nation. You should definitely go check that out. Enjoy your week. And we will talk to you next Friday. Bye, y'all.